This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void or prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello Dolphins faithful and welcome to another episode of SB Nation's Finsider Radio or as we like to call it the Jake and Josh Show. I am Josh Houts. You can follow me on Twitter at Houts, H-O-U-T-Z and my partner in crime is the one, the only Jake Mendel. His Twitter's Jake, J-M-E-N-D-E-L-94 and before we get into the 24-0 victory over the Jets, before we get into the Miami Dolphins finally reaching 500 for the first time in the Brian Flores era, and before we get into Tua Tunga Vailoa time, please, if you like what we're saying, smash the subscribe button, leave us a five-star review, and as always, fins up, baby. So now, without further ado, you heard from Josh. Jake, how's it going today, man? How many times did you say the fins up, baby, in the mirror? I think I think that's really, after after that performance against the Jets, I think all we want to know is how many times have you said fins up, baby, to yourself? Half a dozen. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, I try not to the look Dolphins. in the mirror. <laughs> Josh, the Dolphins are trying to are starting to play the role as the most interesting show on television. They're getting you on these clip point hangers that just leave you wanting more. Will the Dolphins jump above 500? Will they get to a record of two and two at home? How would they do against a uh, LA Ram offense that is flying through the air? And most importantly, will we see Tua Tagovailoa? lineup under quarterback wait until next time and the crushing part is that next time is going to come in two weeks because i think this jets game really is the definition of a have your cake and eat it too we went in we picked up a good one at the home at the home yes uh, at hard rock stadium the defense looked fantastic we won 24 nothing and fitzpatrick played poorly enough where i think you can legitimately make a case if you want to start two after the bye weekend I will hang up and listen because after seeing him complete two passes for nine yards, that's it. You open the door. You cannot open the door and then decide to walk the other way and say you forgot something. We can sit here and we could argue for 50 minutes about the worst player on the Miami Dolphins offense say could have potentially been Ryan Fitzpatrick. And it's true. I mean, and anyone that says otherwise is, is just a straight-up hater. Patrick, I'm looking at his numbers here, 18 to 27, 191 yards. 
He had the three touchdowns. Three also- touchdowns, and we're sitting there and saying it's a bad. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. He 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 did his job. We went in there. We got the win. But there was a lot left to be desired on that football field. Yeah, and he also had two interceptions. So I mean, exactly. it, yeah. it wasn't all good. And again, we've talked about this in previous podcasts and. The former founder, you know, the Finn Sider, Matt, Matty Infante, you know, he kept saying how the Dolphins took their, their foot off the gas in that second half a, a couple weeks ago. You know, I, I just don't know what it is. I mean, I mean, they came out to a hot start. They could not do anything down. I mean, that was absolutely ridiculous. I think Tua Tungvaloa was the only person that passed to uh, Jakeem Grant. I think that was the first first down conversion on third down. So, I mean, that, that's insane yep. to just think about that. So, um Xavier Howard continues to do Xavier Howard things. I think that to me was the biggest thing. The offense, you're right, Ryan Fitzpatrick, because kind of, uh, you know, it was a piss poor performance. Miles Gaskins had 18 carries on the ground, 91 yards, 5.1 yard per carry. So, I mean, that's pretty good there. But again, you still just feel like you need to get a little bit more out of this unit, whether that's in the passing game, whether that's in the running game. Uh, we saw Breida come in a little bit later there again with Tua Tungavailoa. Uh, but offensively, they just could not get things going later in the game. Defensively, though, this was a great effort. We saw just player after player. It seemed, you know, there were how many injuries in this game? I'm not even sure I know the exact total of all the players the Dolphins lost in this game, you know, that could potentially. uh, I mean, thank God we got this by when we do. But overall, the Dolphins, a lot to improve on. And I think this is honestly the perfect week for the bye because, you know, you're going into it, you're three and three, like I said, the first time in the Brian Flores era. But there's a lot that they need to improve on and they need to get healthy first and foremost. But Overall, uh, a good Sunday. It felt like it. The game went forever. It seemed. I don't know if it was just me, but it just seemed. Yeah, it wow. just seemed like this game just would not stop. And is this the final nail in the Adam Gase coffin? I mean, that's that's another question that needs to be answered. Yeah, and you know, you have to wonder how long uh, uh, an owner, a GM, you can just deal with. They they did the greatest Joe Douglas and Adam Gase cuts of all time. The reactions we would get out of them, whether it's Douglas just like facing his phone, I don't know who we'd be texting uh, when watching that that type of performance. And then Adam Gase, it seemed like I don't know he was, I, I don't know if he was trying to like wipe the ink off his board or something, but man, he just likes to write. It seems like the same one sentence for about forty five minutes because he's not talking to anyone. I think it was in the middle of the fourth quarter. You know, <laughs> the sideline reporter goes, "Yeah, Adam Gase and Joe Flacco, they were just talking," and the guys in the in the booth were like. Uh, can, can we get a little more detail? Because they're like, these guys haven't spoken to each other for the entire game. Joe Flacco's out here struggling. Like, there's no tomorrow hoping that Frank Gore can break an arm tackle and get into the second level. So the, they were just doomed from the start. And and don't get me wrong, you know, I, I'm going to sit here and say I want Adam Gates to be the coach of the New York Jets forever. I'm the leader of that club and, and forever will be. But from the the obvious face mask calls to Jamison Crowder making a couple dropped balls. I mean, there were just a lot of brutal things about this team. And you could argue that, hey, yes, certainly in front. And I believe that, you know, first thing you got to do is really change that. But if you wanted to make the case, if you wanted to try to prove to me that, hey, with Adam Gase, with the right team, with the right system, I legitimately listen to it. I think there there's a slight, slight, slight bit of a chance of a case could be made for that. But I don't know how you can watch this team week in and week out these type of performances. I think this was the first time the Jets defense actually didn't uh, give up 30 points in a game. I think that says more about the Dolphins and then start Tua. But, you know, you can't sit here and keep thinking this Jets team is going to get any better with these type of performances. You're headed in the right direction. I'm, I'm good on that. I'm thing. I, I hope he gets a long-term extension there and I, I would love to just see him rot away in, in New Jersey 
But as you mentioned earlier, you know, the Dolphins are getting ready to face the L.A. Rams in two weeks. They do have this bye. And as I said, you know, a lot of these players went down. We saw Andrew Van Ginkle get hurt after his, you know, extended role there with Kyle Van Noy already out. I believe Raquan Davis, he he left the game. And I believe there were a couple other players. So it's something to keep an eye on, um, you know, moving forward. Uh, What was really on display for the Dolphins there, I think, is their depth. Something they haven't, this team has not had for such a long time. Uh, in South Florida because you kind of got to think about it here for a second. You mentioned those injuries, those players being out. And then you have someone that I I was a little surprised this happened. Um, You had Brandon Jones come in and play at the line of scrimmage. He was kind of playing a a linebacker type of role. You saw him not only come up and make a nice tackle um, on a a run play. I think it was uh, Gore running the ball. I can't really uh, remember that part, though. And then he came just inches away from a pick six. Brandon Jones is one of those players who is another guy who's getting, getting limited time but he's taken advantage of every opportunity that's given to him. I think it's still surprising that we see Nick Needham. Um, he was actually had seven tackles on the day. He's still involved. They really like keeping him in the slot. And I saw Noah Igbenogany actually later in the second half of the game kind of get some work on the boundary. So you're really starting to see these different guys who don't always get the opportunity out there, especially when Byron Jones is healthy. You see what's happening when Byron Jones is healthy for this defense. That way, you know, Xavier Howard on a number two wide receiver it's like cheating but you know you just kind of see the different things in place the Dolphins have not had for some time whether it's that linebacker stepping up whether it's that tight end stepping up in those different situations they've had them you know you can talk about how two different tight ends not named like Jaseki caught uh touchdowns today and that's something I don't think I ever would have expected from the Dolphins yeah that's absolutely crazy and it's a testament to what Chris Greer and Brian Flores have done here and the versatility that they have with some of these players I mean, you haven't had a big game, too. Yeah, and I was just getting ready to say, you know, you mentioned Brandon Jones. And, you know, I think it was Camus Grazier Hill. He got banged up a little bit. I think Landon Roberts got banged up a little bit there in the middle. Landon Roberts is awesome. He is like Kiko Alonso, but like using his hands. I mean, he flies through holes. I mean, he is involved on every play. And we've said that about guys like Kiko Alonso. But it just always seems if a Landon... Roberts is near a player, it's it's a good play. It, nothing bad is ever happening. At least that's what it feels like. Yeah, he's very good against the run, and then, you know, he's kind of subpar in the passing game. But I do think mm-hmm. the announcers, they even kind of said, you know, Brandon Jones, he's getting some looks almost playing at a linebacker spot. You know, he was up there in the box, and that's where his skill set, you know, is best used. We saw him break into the backfield. I believe it was that tackle for a loss that you mentioned on Frank Gore. Forced the punt there. Nick Needham had an awesome tackle where he came off his block. Stopped a guy short of the first down marker. It's it was a it was a wild game and we knew the Dolphins, you know, going into this, we sat here and we said they have to we want to see them dominate. And, you know, the scoreboard says 24 nothing. I'm looking over there. The the Jets ball possession and drive chart. Punt, 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 interception, punt, punt, end a half, punt, punt, miss field goal, punt, punt, turnover on downs. I mean, I think we said it last week when we were talking about the offense. I mean, that right there was music to my ears listening about the defense. I mean, you can sit here and look down. There were a couple of those drives where they just, I mean, they had negative four yards, you know, on three plays, negative four yards. I mean, the Miami Dolphins defense went out there and did what they needed to do. They went out there and showed that what they're capable of. And it's kind of what we're seeing as each week progresses. You know, you're starting to see these guys take this new role. And I mean, Zach Sealer, we got to talk about him. I mean, I don't see the tackles here. It looks like it says he has three combined in this, in this game. He had a yep. tackle for a loss, a quarterback hit. I mean, he he was everywhere. He was taking on double teams. I mean, he was splitting splitting through blocks. I mean, it was awesome to see. And you just continue to see the next guy up, Agba. We got to talk about Emmanuel Agba. I mean, this dude is Five everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, we we all loved Cameron Wake, and we loved that number 91. Emmanuel Agba, you know, he's he's doing that that number justice. He's going out there making plays. And we talked about last week, you know, with the whole Le'Veon Bell thing. 
the Dolphins continue to take get the take these players with you know a low risk high reward. Right there is a perfect example of it. You know, we we got Zach Sealer, we got these other guys. It's just awesome what they're doing here. Emmanuel Agba, you know, he's going to be wanting a new contract probably soon if he continues to play out of his mind like he is. Shaq, you know, made some plays out there. Christian Wilkins. I mean, we didn't even talk about Christian Wilkins. He, he was everywhere. And this was a guy that some Dolphin fans wanted to call a bust at the beginning of the year. He was in the backfield all game long. He was deflecting passes. He was doing a little bit of everything. And then even leapfrogged over Brandon Jones. So That was uh, insane. I, that was yeah, bananas. I, I, I had to watch that like three times. That was, oh my God. I, I absolutely love the way this defense played. And again, it was expected. You know, you play Joe Flacco. You played the Jets who literally just traded away Le'Veon or uh, get, got rid of Le'Veon Bell. You know, this isn't a very good team. This is probably the worst team in football. And, you know, the Dolphins went out there and they took care of business. But again, it, it was not perfect by any sense of the imagination. You know, it's clear the Jets are one of the worst game, worst teams in football. You had that stellar defensive performance. You mentioned it. You must have said punt like 13 times right there. Jets fall to 0-6. And, and it's something to keep in mind, too, is not only are they the only winless team in football, but there are about six or seven teams that currently sit at 1-5, including the Houston Texans, who lost to the Tennessee Titans in overtime. And something crazy to keep in mind about those games is Derrick Henry, 264 total yards, New York Jets, 263. So not only you can kind of go into the bye with this 3-3 three and three record, maybe wondering about that P word, are we going to start thinking about the playoffs? Second in the division, that point differential is only getting better. The They already have the best in the division. Chiefs and Bills next week, you can start, or uh, excuse me, tomorrow night, might be tonight, depending on when you're listening to this. But you start wondering, like, what's the ceiling of this team? How are we going to get there? But I do think, I do think there's been two games, the Seattle game and now the Jets game, where if we don't get Ryan Fitzpatrick with his hair on fire, the floor is just somewhere deep, deep in the basement. And that's why, you know, his, his 7.1 yards per uh, per pass isn't going to cut it. That's I, I think it's time for Tua. I think it's just time we got to do it. And, I, I mean, this coaching staff's going to have two weeks to make that decision. And I'm as big of a Tua fan as, you know, just about anyone. And I'm, you know, I can't wait for him to get in there. I think... You know, I, I don't know. It was just one of those moments where I, I honestly didn't even know if he was going to get into this game. But for me, I think the Dolphins, they love what Ryan Fitzpatrick does. And I think, you know, they're going to give him another chance after this bye, even if, you know, Tua went out there. And, you know, we, we heard the fans chant like they were so stoked and there weren't even that many people there, or at least there's not supposed to be. They were so stoked. You know, two of the fan like the players were jumping up, like celebrating like this guy. I mean, I made a cut-up of it. It looks like he might have just won the Super Bowl at the end of it, the way, like, the players were, like, patting him on the head, and they were just stoked for him. Two for two, nine nine yards, I think. People are <laughs> people are making the joke that, you know, he's going down and he has the best completion percentage in NFL history or something, and, you know, it is what he's it is. He's on pace. He's he, on pace, my friend. I will say it was just awesome to see him out there and see him move around, and, you know, he... He, he was fast. Made, he was very yeah, fast. It, it just it just looked different, you know? I don't know. It's... Was it for Dolphins <laughs> fans? You know? is such a great way to put it because that that didn't look like a quarterback I've ever seen in a Dolphins uniform ever. <laughs> yeah. The, it, oh my god, it was everything it was, about it. And, and, then and it's Flores like, knew what he was doing. Flores knew going into the like I said, they are the best uh, reality TV drama that making us wait and tune in and itch and crave for next week because what are they going to do? Is Tua going to come in and lead them the start of the second half of the season? They're currently zero and zero, technically speaking. Go, can Tua lead them positive into the playoffs? I, I think that's a door they opened up. I think I don't think Flores does this uh, uh, just just because. I mean, they kept Fitzpatrick in all of last week when they were roasting the 49ers. Obviously, something's changed in the last couple of weeks. I, 
I don't and know. We can, I think we can all agree that the leash is slowly, you know, it's getting a lot, it's getting a lot shorter for Ryan Fitzpatrick. And just like little situations like that, they do such like a, uh, they serve as such one of those uh, building blocks for getting to that point where he's starting and he's not nervous. I mean, did you see the pictures? I think it was Cameron Wolf of ESPN recently put right up after the game. Just it was Tua just sitting out in the field, nobody else. It was after the game. Like that's just the coolest stuff. I mean, yes, I'm. I feel like I'm fanboying to a new level right now. But I mean, there's just that hope of oh my god, is it finally happening? And this is what we were kind of hoping for this season. Is are we headed towards that direction? where it's going to be a team that is on the sports center. Like these, the random things, the sports center, top 10, you know, get week in and week out. Do they have guys who are being drafted in the top five to 10 in fantasy football? Are they the Sunday night games? These are like the little things that you just love to hear about your team and, and the dolphins, uh, especially the two are going out there. I mean, those are all the clips that are going on despite the 24 to nothing victory. You wonder if the dolphins are that close to being that, you know, just, nationwide favorite team like in a sense you know you see every team do it once they start to make the playoffs a couple times they start to become lovable in their different ways and the dolphins definitely seem like they're headed that way today's episode is brought to you by cars.com with over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you your budget your life your style And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. And I think a lot of that goes back to, you know, the head coach, Brian Flores, and just, you know, what he embodies and just how he's at the forefront of everything. And, you know, he's he he truly is a leader, you know, it doesn't matter what occupation you're in in the world. Brian Flores embodies what a leader is, you know, people want to go into war with him. I don't know if Tua Tagovailoa is going to start after the bye. I don't think anybody truly knows. I don't think, you know, even the coaches will make that decision until, you know, a few days from now. If if it's even on their mind. And again, I don't know that it is. And I I'd honestly I'd say it probably isn't right now with the way the Dolphins are playing. But the most exciting thing about this is like you're saying, you know, this team is finally starting to look like it's heading in the right direction. You can talk about culture being this thing, and, you know, it's something that you truly – you can't see culture. You know, you just kind of – it's what comes from the team and from within the organization and just bleeds out throughout every, every player on that roster, you know. So um, to me, it's just to see this all come together and to see these free agent acquisitions, to see all these guys that they drafted – they're all coming in and making an impact, and you're starting to see what the future of the Miami Dolphins are because you look around the NFL, you, you see these teams that are hampered with cap space, you know, or don't have money to use, or don't have the draft capital. The Dolphins have all of that, you know, they have the money, they have the draft capital, like you mentioned earlier. And at some point, they are going to have this upgrade into a tongue of Iloa, and it doesn't matter which Fitzpatrick it is, if it's Fitzmagic or Fitztragic. Tua Tungavaloa is a better, you know, when when he's going, he's going to be a better quarterback than Ryan Fitzpatrick in the NFL, and I. Th- think you know to just think about how well this offense looked last week or how well this defense looked this week to think that you're then going to you know use two first round picks next year two second round picks next year use draft capital next year and then at some point to this offense add to a tongue of Iloa I mean you got to be excited they're three and three right now you know they're second in the AFC East I mean it's again we kept saying 2020 is this appetizer 2021 is the entree they they, I think they asked for the the entree early because they're ready to play (laughs) <laughs> it definitely seems that way. Josh, I got to ask you, um, if you were to present this game to someone who's never watched football a day in their lives, who would they want 
think the better play caller is Adam Gase and his his floppy piece of paper just like sitting in the corner on the sidelines or Chan Gailey just like with his glasses like hanging off the tip of his nose he's got his nice little tablet set up over here he's got his nice little diet Pepsi here and a couple notes on the table if you showed someone who has never watched football before those two scenes who do you think they'd pick as the better offensive play caller because I mean that just kind of speaks for itself it seems Chan Gailey's sitting up there it just seems like he's so in charge it's like he's in the in, in charge of a spaceship or something in the command center just seeing everything operate right in front of him do you think we'll ever get to that point with adam gase we know he's a terrible head coach but we, like we said earlier you know he's a pretty good offense coordinator do we ever think that maybe you know we see 50 60 year old adam gase up there in the press box with oh, his little no. with his little monocle checking out the play sheets Every hill he will have burned every bit bridge absolutely possible before that is is ever an opportunity. I, I still think when Peyton Manning becomes GM, that's when uh, he's going to get another head coaching job. <laughs> it's bound to happen. I that 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 would actually make a lot of sense. Uh, n- another guy, um, Adam Sheehan, another guy you got to love. He had caught a touchdown. I think he also left a couple yards on the field, if I remember correctly. Guy who what came in right before camp signed as one of the seven tight ends the Bears originally had. So I mean. Josh, the depth is absolutely here with this team. Um, I mentioned that Texans pick. I think you have to be excited about that. And, and you know, the bye week, I think there's going to be a lot of different conversations about health. I think that's going to be the key. Um, but, but I mean, even the linebacking unit, we mentioned all those injuries, but seeing someone like a Brandon Jones come up, I, I, I just can't help but see it, that defense really coming together that I was hoping to see in the beginning of the season uh, be the real deal for Brian Flores here. I think this was their first shutout since the – Chargers in 2015, a game I was actually at, so that's always a nice little bonus. I mean, it, it, it was awesome. And you mentioned Shaheen. He had three. He caught three or three targets for 51 yards in that touchdown. And we have to hat tip to Durham Smythe. Uh, he caught one of his two targets. That was a great four, pass for, for four yards in his first. Yeah, his first career touchdown. So big moment for him. I don't know what happened with Mike Jasicki, like you said. I mean, this is a guy who has proven, you know, throughout these first five weeks of the season, you know, before this game that he was one of the top tight ends, you know, and he got two targets again and was completely shut down. Miles Gaskin caught four of his four targets for 35 yards. And, uh, you know, we always talk about Jakeem Grant. He caught four of his, all four of his for 48 yards. So he had that long of 30. Um, it just, you just want a little bit more out of these guys. I mean, we saw it previously, previously in the season, you know, earlier, uh, San Francisco, I mean, that's the perfect example of just how everyone was clicking on all cylinders, and you hope to see that from week to week. Uh, Preston Williams also had that touchdown. So uh, offensively, need to see improvement. I, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot here, and we can both, you know, we can wrap this show up if you want after this, but when, when's Tuatone Vailoa coming in? When, when are we going to see him officially be the starting quarterback? Is it going to be the Rams? If you think you want to – the Rams is a home game. I, I Again, I don't know how much uh, – Especially this year, I don't know how much stock you put into the home game versus the road game. Next week's at home, and then I believe they're on the road in Arizona, and then they're back home for Denver. So I think if I wanted to be like you know clear-minded, I'd go Denver makes a lot of sense. But you know I'm shooting for the stars. I, I'd like to, I'd like to see him against the Rams, Josh. I'm gonna be completely honest with you. But but what what are you feeling about that one? I mean, you, you make a great point that the home and the away, it's, you know, it's probably, I mean, it's not the same as it once was, let's be honest. With all those fans, it's not going to, without all those fans, you know, it's just, just not the same environment you wouldn't think. You, so you'll I, probably still do it. Probably, I think, I don't know, I think you'd still lean on home or away, even though it doesn't matter too, too much. You'll probably, I think they'd pick a home game. And then that, I mean, that would be the Chargers game and how 
everyone. I mean, we've already seen this stuff with Justin Herbert. You know, the guy can't go to the bathroom without someone comparing it to Tua Tungavailoa before Tua even threw a pass. So, you know, what what are all the shows going to say tomorrow now that Tua actually, you know, threw two passes? Are they going to compare those to – maybe I'll go do that after we get off here. I'll, I'll cut up Justin <laughs> Herbert and Joe Burrow's first two passes. Don't tell anybody I'm going to do this because I'm, I'm going to do it. And uh, we'll compare them and see, and see how they were. And I bet Joe Burrow's was an interception or something crazy like that. But, I, I mean, and to be – you know, to try to be serious, the Los Angeles Chargers, the way Justin Herbert's been playing has been awesome, and everyone continues to compare those two guys. And, you know, did the Dolphins right, make the right decision? How are these guys stack up in the 2020 class? So I'd love to see it, but who, who knows? All Fitz got to do is come out and, and look like Fitz against the Rams, who, you know, they're a pretty good football team. He comes out here and lights them up and, you know, does it consistent, consistently through four quarters. We might not see two until, you know, we get down to Denver or the Jets or, even that Bengals, that big Burrow matchup, but the, we've we've seen him now. You know, Tua came in there. He he moved around just fine. And again, it was limited snaps. No one's going to sit here and act like it was something more than it was. But he, he completed two passes, and he, he looked he, he just looked different. And that's that's the best way to put it. Tua looked different. I cannot wait to see him out there as a starting quarterback. And I think if Ryan Fitzpatrick continues to sputter like we've seen throughout the first six games of the season, I do think like we both agree, it's going to be much sooner than we expected. And, you know, you hate to look ahead, but whether it's you're thinking playoffs or when we're going to start Tua, uh, the end of the year becomes a complete, uh, it's scary. I think you get the Bills in Buffalo, if I remember correctly. You have the Patriots, you have the Chiefs. Their last four games are absolutely brutal. So I don't know if it's whether you're competing for that playoff spot or it's whether you're trying to get Tua comfortable at some point. You have to wonder how long you can truly wait in a situation like that because I don't think you want to play him in any of those type of situations, uh, especially if a playoff spot is on the line, if it's going to be his first start or something like that. Not to put you on the spot again, but, you know, we're kind of asking questions here. Robert Hunt, is he going to be the long-term right tackle or are we going to, you know, is Jesse Davis going to go That's on the bench? That's such a do you good think? question. That is, that is such a good question because, and you know, the best part of this question, it's a good problem to have. I mean, this offensive line yeah. continues to look very, very strong. You know, from start to from start to finish, they're doing everything possible. I mean, Gaskin, we saw a 90-yard performance. The Dolphins' offense really sputtered in that second half. It would have been great to see him get over 100 yards. But, I mean, Big Bob Hunt and, and Solomon Kinley on that side, they seem to push, be pushing everything they can, and there's no issues with that offensive line. The, Fitzpatrick's given enough time to, you know, make plays. Uh, I think sometimes maybe he holds on to the ball a little, little too long. He does obviously make plays when there's nothing available at times. Uh, but overall, I think this offensive line is one that, at least for the near future, the Dolphins are going to be able to win with uh, seeing these three rookies playing as well as they do. You know, Austin Jackson when he's not uh, hurt. Absolutely. And I again, there's no timetable when Austin Jackson might return. To me, Jesse Davis, I said it to, I believe it was Neil Dris- Driscoli on on Twitter, I told him, you know, I think he's a perfect sixth man for that offensive line. You know, he can do everything mm-hmm. good, but nothing, you know, great. I mean, you see Robert Hunt out there. He's mauling dudes. I don't know that I've ever seen Jesse he's Davis. He's like what truly. we wanted Nate Gardner to be. Right. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, there, there's nothing wrong with that. Because, I mean, that was the guy. It's like, oh, you know, whenever there's an injury, first guy off the bench, Nate Gardner, you're not happy about it, but you're like, you know, at least he can play every position. Jesse Davis, I think, does it better than him. So, I mean, that's... That's the type of guy you really need, especially dealing in the trenches. 
Uh, but I mean, Josh, that leaves, like I said, I think we'll have a lot of talk about this week, despite it being the bye week there. We're on a huge cliffhanger in terms of the Dolphins and the trajectory of the season and where they're going to go. So I think there's going to be a lot of speculation and a lot of um, hype over these next uh, 13 days or so before they play again. Yeah, just going to keep building. And, you know, we all got our little taste, uh, you know, Amize Bush of Tuatonovaloa. And now we got to wait two weeks to see what's going to happen. Now we're just going to keep, you know, remembering those two plays. I mean, as, as dumb as it sounds, I mean, how long we, we've we needed a quarterback since Marina retired, you know, 20 years ago. Tannehill's awesome. Tannehill looked for – I can still can't believe that throw Tannehill made. It was to A.J. Brown to win that game Bananas. Or, or to take it to overtime. I mean, this dude's playing out of his damn mind. But – I mean, we're just going to all just sit here and think about Tua Tonovaloa. I mean, we all already were, you know, <laughs> and 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 now we're going to have two weeks to sit here and wonder if, if there's going to be a change. And I bet that will be one of the first things, you know, Brian Flores is asked if he does have a press oh, conference yeah, tomorrow morning. Absolutely. It'll be the first thing. And, you know, last time he didn't really say he was a little bit coy about it. I bet he'll be a little bit more, uh, you know, firm in his response because, you know, you don't want to leave this. Out, I don't know. You don't want to make this a public thing. That's never really been the way he's bit. He's done things. He's always done it behind, you know, closed doors. And I think, you know, they have to have some idea of what this offense is going to look like under Tua. And we saw a glimpse of it again, back against the wall. The game was well out of reach. It was, they could have not have put him in there and it would have been, you know, it would have been like any other game, but hat tip to Brian Flores for giving us fans, you know, a little taste of that. Really been, was thinking Flexing about his power. That, that's what he was doing. Yeah, Just so you yeah. can tell everyone, I'm going to do whatever I want. That that's in the grand scheme. That that's exactly why he did it. Yep, and uh, you know that's our guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't have it any other way, Josh. Uh, it's been a fun Sunday. We got to see the Dolphins pick up the dub going into the bye week. Like I said, I think there'll still be a lot for us to talk about look out for another show coming from us later this week uh be sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts spotify itunes all that jazz if you can join the show smash that five-star review leave us a comment that stuff helps us out josh uh, is gonna have plenty of cut-ups over the next couple of days i'm pretty excited about what type of uh, masterpieces he's gonna come up with so be sure to hit him with a follow at house uh probably just do a ring or two here or there. i think that's kind of where i'm at at twitter go ahead Real quick. Real quick before we get off, uh, two things. The first thing was uh, Safid Dean reported, um, I believe he worked, writes for the Sun Sentinel, he reported that Tua was actually FaceTiming his parents at midfield. Um, so that was where the drive, I guess, ended. They weren't able to make the game, so awesome moment for him. And then Tom Pelissero of the NFL Network just reported, it says, how he tweeted out, how tough is Dolphins linebacker Camus Grazier Hill? He broke a finger in today's win over the Jets, and the bone poked through the skin per source. But he got stitched up and casted and came back to finish the game. So, <laughs> oh, my God. I did not know how – I did not read that whole thing before I started saying it. I thought his finger just broke. This dude came back and played it. Okay. <laughs> He's yep. like a football player. Fins that's, up, baby. That's come our linebacker. Come that's our linebacker. That, that I will run through a wall for that, man. And, and he can have my finger. <laughs> what a way to end the show. Uh, and finally, I think we got to say shout-out to Xavier and Howard again. Four touchdowns, four, or four interceptions, four straight weeks. What a baller. Uh, most importantly, we're going into the bye, 3-3 three and three at 500. In the hunt. Up. In the hunt. In the hunt. Thanks for listening. Again, subscribe. Leave us a five-star review. Thanks for listening, guys. Fins up. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're
talking Super Bowl Cause we're the Miami Dolphins Miami Dolphins Miami Dolphins number one Yes, we're the Cause we're the Miami Dolphins. 